A Creative Life acknowledges the traditional owners of the land we record this podcast on, the Gumbangya and Gubby Gubby people. We pay our respects to the elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures. Welcome to A Creative Life with Castella and Samantha Lawrence. I'm Cal. And I'm Sam, and we like to think of ourselves as your creative business bestie. This podcast is all about living your best creative life. We're here to guide you through the ups and downs of life as a creative entrepreneur, all whilst following your intuition and listening to your soul whispers. Let's dive in. Hey, Cass. Hey, Sam. How are you going? I'm really good. How are you? Yes. So, so good. I've got to say, today is our last um, interview. I know. Yeah. It's a big day. Which is like sad that we're ending, but so super excited to have Annie here. Hey, Annie. Hi, guys. How are you? Thanks for having me. Oh, thanks for being here. We are so pumped. Like, this, like, I'm on a high today because I'm so excited that you are our final guest and that we get to chat with you today. Thank you. It's a pleasure. Oh, amazing. Well, I have pulled a card, so I will share that with you first before we get yes. into it. Um, I'm really keen to hear what you think. So when I pull it, I always have it with the intention of your story that you're going to share with us and your journey. And this card, it's probably my favourite from this deck, is Trust Your Intuition. Oh, wow. I love that. So, yeah, I'm How like, beautiful. Ooh, do you, are you one to trust your intuition normally? Yeah, I definitely yeah. am. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we were just talking about star signs before you hit record. Um, and I'm a very emotional Cancerian. And I think um, like a lot of Cancerians, I'm really led by my feelings and my intuition. So that definitely <gasps> speaks to me for sure. Amazing. I love that. I love that. And I'll read out the little thing for anyone listening. Um, It says, trust the guidance of your soul whisper. It's always there for a reason, a reason you might not know yet. Trust that strange feeling you get in your stomach when something is not right and trust the flutter of your heart when something is right. Not everything has a logical explanation, but that doesn't make it any less right or real. Oh, that's perfect. I love it. Thanks, Sam. Oh, you're so welcome. <laughs> oh, I'm so excited to have you here, Annie. Let's dive in. I feel like this <laughs> I could talk to you forever and, and um, find out all about you and your business and your journey. But let's, um, yeah, like introduce yourself, what you do and your journey um, that got you here to being a incredible artist. Um, talk us through that, I guess, from from school or maybe even younger days um, to a quick version of that journey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, um, yeah, my name is Annie. Um, I'm an artist and a creative and I sometimes dabble, dabble in a little bit of print textile design. Um, I'm based in Newcastle in New South Wales. So we're about two hours north of Sydney on the coast, um, which is a beautiful part of the world. Um, pretty creative and laid back, which is really suits my sort of style um and I live with my husband Chris and we have a little two and a half year old named August who is a barrel of laughs and lots of fun at the moment so um yeah loving my motherhood journey it's had lots of um interesting twists and turns as I'm sure most mothers can relate to um but yeah just learning to sort of juggle that with my business has been challenging um, and interesting to say the least but um, yeah so a bit of background on me sort of professionally and creatively I guess is um, actually it was funny I was listening back to um, your interview with Jen Sievers who is a beautiful artist and someone Mm -hmm. I've been connected with for ages on Instagram love her work Um, and she's just seems like a beautiful human but um, yeah so much of what she spoke to really resonated with me and I thought that there was a lot of similarities between us and our sort of journeys and how we've come into this Mm -hmm. little world that we're in but um like Jen said I like grew up sort of saying I would be an artist for as long as I can remember actually so um I grew up drawing pretty much every day like I just remember my parents buying like reams and reams of copy paper 
Um, and my sister and I would just spend hours drawing, um, usually just with like a biro pen. So it wasn't anything technical or, you know, particularly artistic, but it was just kind of, I think it was just a way that I explored the world um, through pictures and um, someone else that I sort of grew up with who I think had a bit of an influence on that was my grandpa. So he was a really academic man. So he like took a very keen interest in my drawings and often like would sit down with me and talk to me about what I was doing and pouring over them with me and sort of ask me questions. And um, it was funny when he passed away a few years ago in his study, he had like this giant box of like all my drawings from when I would stay there. Yeah. And it was, it was pretty hilarious going through them all, but I just found it so fascinating because I would, I, it was kind of like these, the funniest drawings of like fashion catalogs and like people and catwalks and red carpet events. But then there would also be these like really elaborate little like social justice scenes of like rich people being mean to poor people and like just really (laughs) like my little six-year-old brain just like really nutting out the world in these like drawings with speech bubbles and anyway it was so funny and my family and I had a really good laugh when we went back through them and my sister had had a stack as well so um yeah I just thought that was really beautiful and it was someone who really fostered that in me and 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 showed me that you know it was worthwhile me creating something in the world and um, and what I had to say was interesting. So I guess that's kind of where it started out and I followed that passion all the way through school. Like I always loved art and drawing. I entered lots of competitions like at the local Tamworth show every year with my like fruit bowls and gosh, I can't even remember what else, probably terrible charcoal drawings of things. Um, And my mum always encouraged us to go to sort of Saturday morning art classes. And it was just really, um, it was really beautiful that like in my family, whatever our interests were and passions, that was really fostered. And they, they definitely made space for that. And it was never talked down to, it was just kind of part of who we were and um, really celebrated. So that was really, really amazing growing up. Um, And so I sort of had no doubt in my mind that, I would pursue it sort of after school. I just wasn't really sure what that would look like in a practical sense, like what what I would actually be paid to do. Um, I guess I had in the back of my mind I would study art at school and then maybe go into teaching because most of my family are teachers, so that's kind of been my experience growing up. Um, but then towards the end of year 12, I sort of felt like teaching wouldn't really scratch that creative itch. Mm-hmm. Um and I guess, again, going back to sort of some of the the things that Jen touched on in her interview, um, I, I think I had developed a bit of that social conditioning. You know, you would talk to people about what you wanted to do after school and um, people would kind of scoff at, at that idea of being an artist, you know. Um, and, look, I think I think it's probably fair to say that at that time it was probably hard to make a career out of it in the sense that there were the top tier galleries and there wasn't, wasn't that exposure to the internet. We didn't have that same sort of um, community that we have on social media now. And, you know, all those channels to share your work, they, they just didn't exist yet. So, you know, it wasn't to say that people were necessarily trying to be negative. It was just a big amount to climb back then. And so, I sort of came across, well, my sister helped me find some courses in the in the university guide when I was in year 12. And one of those was a Bachelor of Fashion and Textile Design um, at UTS in Sydney. Um, and as a country kid, like I was growing up in a regional town, I that sounded pretty amazing and glamorous to me. Um, and I had, you know, I was a teenager developing my own sense of style and finding out what my identity looked like in the world. And I think... Um, I'd always had an interest in lots of different creative things. I was always making things and fashion seemed to tick a lot of those boxes, especially um, when I saw that included in that course was things like fashion illustration, which was at that point, that's mainly what I was doing was drawing fashion illustrations um, and with watercolor and things like that. So I felt like 
that could be something I could move into. I was also really interested in writing and I thought, you know, fashion journalism, like it just seemed like a really nice overview of um, a lot of my different interests. Um, And so without really knowing what I was getting into and literally never having sewed anything in my life, I applied. Um, And I think a big part of that too was um, it had an incredibly high sort of, they called it UAI back then, but an ATAR score to get into this course. And being like a bit of an overachiever and, you know, uh, growing up in a country town, I just thought I could rise to that challenge and I just stuck my head in the books for the next year of the HSC and like worked my little bum off um, and ended up getting in. And so that was amazing and I felt like I had all these doors opened up and, yeah, I had stars in my eyes and off I went to uni in Sydney and did a fashion degree for it took me five years in the end um and I guess yeah I look back on that time not so fondly it was really stressful it was really really hard work and it felt a little bit like I felt a bit stiff in that world like it just didn't quite fit but I knew there were parts of it that I was really really good at Mm -hmm. um and I had some amazing lecturers there that saw that potential in me and it was like, I think in my last year, I was, I ended up majoring in textiles because I realized, you know, you could, you could apply art to fashion and, and sort of go down that track. So I thought that seemed like a good fit for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had this lecturer who was like, you just need to strip away all this technical stuff. Like you're an artist, like that's what you are. Um, and I was like, wow, like I hadn't really thought of myself as that in so many years and I'd added all these other layers and interests and things to to what I was doing and I, I kind of lost that little piece of myself. So I think in that moment it kind of it kind of excited me because I felt like I could come back to that in a way. Yeah. And so yeah, I kind of dilly-dallied around a little bit after uni. Um I was pretty burnt out and I felt like I needed a breather. Um and at the time I was dating my now husband who was in Newcastle at uni and I decided to come here for a year and just reset and I worked in a cafe and I worked in a clothes shop and I just wanted to sort of, you know, hang out at the beach and be a young person in my early 20s. Um, But I just still had this like niggling leftover creative drive to do all the things that I felt like were overcomplicated at uni. So like the best parts of my uni course was designing the ranges and choosing colors and sketching things and creating like lookbooks um, and creating textile prints and painting onto fabric and seeing what that would look like digitalized and things like that, um, that I never felt like I got to fully flesh out when I was at uni because I was always so bogged down in the technical side of things. And I could not sew to save my life. My God, I still, (laughs) I honestly, I can't even look at a sewing machine. Like it gives me anxiety (laughs) because just was not for me um push that little boulder uphill for a long time but I just couldn't do it um and so yeah I just felt like now that I was away from that sort of world I took the time to start just like painting on paper and playing around with sort of where I'd started in the textile side of things which was often painting with inks and things on silks and like painting onto fabric and just trying things out and then playing around with them in Photoshop and mm-hmm. all of those fun experimental things. Anyway, this story goes on and on. I could talk to you guys. <laughs> I could talk to you I'm all I'm loving it. Keep um, going. <laughs> don't even need to prompt me. It's just like spewing out of me. Um, but so, again, I was living with my now husband who was my partner at the time. He is the total opposite of me. He's a Virgo, very, very business-minded, like, so creative but in a business sense like he's started a million businesses he has no fear he will just give things a crack and um he's such a doer like he exhausts me with how much energy he has but he (laughs) was like you know what like you've got all this work sitting here that's not doing anything like why don't you sell it well why don't we like see what we could do with it um and at the time we were living in Newcastle East which is like a beautiful little beachside sort of suburb um, and there were some new markets just starting up in a couple of weeks in, in the park, local, locally down from our terrace house. And I thought, oh, like I may as well, I may as well like make a stall. And so I did, I made some little cushions. Like I got a local seamstress down the road to make some cushions out of some digital fabric that I'd 
created um, and some prints on paper and I put them in little cheap Ikea frames and stuff like that and had my first stall. And I don't even remember really if I sold anything, <laughs> but it was fun. Like I felt like I, I had been like craving that creative control to like create products and like make the stall look pretty and like put my sort of sense of self and branding all over just something that was mine that wasn't for an assignment that wasn't mm. you know and I'd done internships and things through uni and I just felt like that um the fashion industry seemed like a little bit of a um hamster wheel for me like I'm just such a dilly dally like I just love to sort of potter and nut things out and it just was so fast paced and like high pressure that it just felt so nice to like hit the pause button and just make things that were pretty for the sake of it and that was sort of where it all started and um Chris my husband set set me up with a little website and we put some products online and I was just doing that on the side of my working like three casual jobs and I did that for that whole first year and yeah in the end I I actually got picked up by a local store um and someone who's become one of my best friends now um was a a girl called Amelia who owned that store and she had an amazing sense of style and she had a really beautiful eye for homewares and art. Um, and we pitched like wholesaling these little prints I was doing to her and she really, she really took it on and she had this great following on Instagram back when Instagram was sort of, you know, early days of business for Instagram. Um, and yeah, it sort of just started there and snowballed, I guess you could say. Oh, amazing. Oh, I love hearing this so much. I know. I have so many questions along the way. Yes. Like, yes. I know. I was like refraining myself. Sorry, I didn't draw breath. I should have given you. No, 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 no. I was like, <laughs> it was amazing. No, I was just like, oh, I wonder if this and that. Um, do you know your, your human design by any chance? No, I act, I've done it before, but I don't remember now. I'd probably interesting because you, I reckon your husband must be like a manifesting generator or something. Like having oh my God. on the go all the time. Like yeah, yeah, but yeah. I love that. Um, yeah, I love that like duality between the, the two of you. Like it sounds like actually like a really nice, you know, yin and yang. Like yes, mm-hmm. we're so opposite, but like yeah. it just works. We make a really good little team somehow. Yeah, but, yeah, it's funny. It's so good. Okay, <laughs> so, so good. Um, so many questions throughout it, but and I have so many questions like personally from the artist side of things, but I, I love even that it's just so refreshing for you just to talk about, I guess, the beauty and art and that side of things as opposed to like, I didn't even know how, if I sold anything that day. Like, you know, like it was just fun for you that you did that. Yeah. That is so important. And um, it sounds like you love experimentation too. So, but how full circle for you to like do the collaboration recently with Alame? Is that how you yeah, say? yeah, um, yes, absolutely. Nowadays, it's like hello. Your your current art that you do is now on this incredible high fashion brand. Yeah, and I think um, again that sort of comes back to that that lecturer telling me like if you pull away all the layers of, because I think I'm someone who gets really bogged down in like the technical side of things. So I have an idea and I have a vision and I just need to get it out there. And like having to sit there at a machine and like make twirls of garments and, you know, the technical side of things for me, um, I guess you could say I'm a bit lazy, but I just want to like fast forward to the end product and like see my vision come to life. So when that lecturer said to me, like, you know, at the root of all this, what you're creating is artwork. Um, how can you sort of strip that back and stop second guessing yourself and mm. and just trust in the process a little bit more? And I think um, that's sort of where I came back to was just like, I like to make things look beautiful. Um, you know, I love to communicate visually. And if other people identify with that and enjoy what I'm doing, then that's kind of a bonus. And yeah, it kind of really all happened as organically as that. And I guess that comes back to that intuition thing. Intuition, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, of of really finding finding that you might go down all these different paths. But, yeah, it's pretty lovely to come back full circle. And then in that roundabout way, you know, thinking that I would use my 
skills to work in the fashion industry, finding that the industry itself wasn't suited to me and the way that I sort of work and my sensitive temperament and my, you know, just the way I wanted to live. You know, I, I didn't feel like I was cut out for a high flying career in Sydney at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wanted to live by the beach. Um, it just, yeah, it's so funny that now I've come back to that, but it's kind of stripped away all the parts of that that I didn't really feel drawn to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yes. And so like working with Alame was so, so beautiful. And it, it was funny the way that it came about actually, because um, the way I got that job was, um, I was approached by a friend of mine, Nick, who I did when I did an internship at a print design studio back in my last year of uni. She was working there at the time and we sort of had mutual friends and kept in touch just via social media. And she sort of approached me while I was on maternity leave and said, you know, like my friend's starting this label, um, it, it, you know, it's only just freshly been conceived of, but, you know, would you be interested in doing some kind of collaboration? me not having ever heard of this label or knowing anything about it I just thought you know what yeah I would love that and it was again such an easy um such an easy collaboration like we did it over zoom we had a few meetings um they kind of gave me a few briefs and they're like we love this style of your work but could you do this kind of icon but in your style and it was just this beautiful inter like exchange of really it just felt easy yeah um and then of course they are just next level amazing at what they do and they just took my work and made it into something more beautiful than I could have ever even dreamed of so So yeah and that and that was just yeah it was a really nice moment for me to come back to something that I was originally sort of going down the path of and Mm. it's definitely something like I'm dabbling more in this year too because off the back of that obviously I've been approached by other brands and like had all these other ideas and so yeah it's opened up another sort of door for me and given me I think the confidence too to to see where else I can put my work yes exactly yes yeah I love how like we always ask about this like what whispers did you get what nudges did you get and like that one with your lecturer that stood out so much when when you said it at the start, I was like, oh, you know, sometimes it's just someone saying something and that yeah. is your nudge. And then yeah. again, like your friend calling you on maternity leave. Yeah. Like these little, are there other examples of um, like along the journey where you've just had some kind of nudge or like inner feeling that's like guided you along the way? Yeah. I mean, I can't think of a particular incident that has stood out, but definitely like after uni, I just sort of felt a little bit like lost in the whole what am I actually going to do as a job day to day? Um, And I ended up working in an admin role role for like a creative agency here in Newcastle. And I sort of did that because I had, I had heard, you know, along the track that you've really got to start at the bottom, work your way up. And I just, I couldn't picture what, what my career was mapping out to be. And I just didn't know how I was going to apply my skills. And so I sort of, I sort of went into that job with the hopes of like it opening doors and things like that. And while it certainly gave me, you know, the steady footing to explore my ideas outside of work, it, if anything, it made me realize that like, I have, I have all these ideas and I'm exploding with creativity and this is not it. (laughs) Like, you know, like I, I can't, I just felt really trapped and I felt like, um, I was I was doing them a disservice because I wasn't doing a great job and I wasn't interested in my daily work and I just thought there's got to be something out there that I can be doing that mm-hmm. pays my bills but um, it's yeah it's just going to satisfy this insane urge I have to um, keep making things um, and so that kind of just drove drove me forward and it was a lot again going back to what Jen was saying it was a a good few years of like working that full-time job and packing like I started wholesaling to quite a few stores my prints and I was doing cards and cushions and things like that and even just painting commissions as well by that point um and I I know one day it just took my my husband to say like you're actually making an income like you're almost earning more from this side hustle than (laughs) than, you know your your like entry-level admin role which you're coming home from frustrated and feeling like it's not serving you um and so yeah it was 
it was taking that leap. And like Jen said, it was absolutely terrifying. I, I remember seeing people's expressions when I would tell them what I was doing and you could just see on their face, like, you're crazy. <laughs> <laughs> but it really, I think because I had the backing of Chris, who I knew was sensible, like mm. I know he's a pragmatic, logical guy. And as much as I also felt that pull from my intuition, I was like, look, if, if he, he's a sensible guy and if he's like backing me on this, yeah. like there's got to be, <laughs> there's got to be something there. And I think too, like his fearlessness, fearlessness, is that a word? Yeah. He just really like jumps in and gives things a crack. Like, yeah. and if it doesn't work, he'll pivot. And I just yeah. think that's, I think that in business, that's a really useful kind of attitude. Mm. And so I kind of just, I just took that leap and yeah, it wasn't a particular incident, but it was just this, yeah, I just, I think if anything, like going out into the workforce, even though it's not for long and I really wasn't doing what I wanted to be doing, it just really drove home for me that I wanted to work for myself and I wanted to create something from the ground up that was mine, that I could put my stamp on, just like I did at that market stall. Um and I wanted that creative control o- across all the sort of facets of the business. And the only way I could do that was by being brave and taking that leap yeah. Yeah. Um, instead of sort of working on someone else's business and someone else's yeah. ideas. It just didn't feel for fully fulfilling for me. And that's coming from a really a, a massive place of privilege, I can say too. Like not everyone's afforded that opportunity. And I think um, it was very fortunate that, I had that opportunity pop up and I was making the money and I had struck gold in time when sharing your work on Instagram, you know, you could be spread far and wide just from someone else with a following sharing your work. And there was not an algorithm. It was all really organic. Um, and that's just sort of what put me in front of the eyes of the right people at the right time, I guess you could say. Yeah. I think a lot of people can relate to that because I think it, especially like, I feel, I feel like it takes doing something long enough that isn't lighting you up and isn't serving you to go, is it like, there's got to be more. Like there's, there's yeah. got to be more to this. There's got to be something that's going to freaking light me up every day. When yeah. I up, you know, and, but taking that step is the courage and having support is so important. Like you said, whether it's like husband, friend, parents, whatever, yeah. to be like, yeah, you got this. Yeah. Um, and, and I, and I have to say too, like my husband, he loaned me like $1,200 to get all these prints done when I first started like that market store. Like I loaned money off him just to like, <laughs> you know, but again, he like, he was sensible. He had already had an investment property and he was like really financially smart. He studied commerce at uni. So he was like all over that side of things. Whereas I was just, you know, off with the fairies. And, um, <laughs> but yeah, he's like, yeah, I'll lend you the money. Like, let's do this like a proper proper business so yeah Yeah. (laughs) and how's that looked during your business like has he is he a big part in your business now or yeah he is he absolutely is so like we have this joke that um we like we'd often before prior to having a child we would go out on like date nights and it would just turn into like a three-hour business meeting (laughs) (laughs) your business mentor (laughs) exactly like I I have never had a business mentor but I haven't needed to because he no like I would just and I can just like pitch all these crazy ideas to him and he'll be like okay so let's look at this and then he'll he's so good at like figuring out the next steps so like anytime Mm -hmm. I've needed to source suppliers or you know going from ordering tubes for prints and lids and sourcing god knows what else we ended up buying a large format printer and doing our own prints in-house because he crunched the numbers and he was like no you know like (laughs) there's way more margin in this if we do it ourselves and things like that um that I, I never would have come to those yeah you know yeah. yeah if it wasn't for him so yeah um I was only the other day I was I, I I'm working in in the background on this like bit of a passion project like again going into more of the textile side of things at the moment yeah. and I keep coming home to him being like, okay and I had this other idea and like this you know I found this supplier and blah, blah blah and he's like okay we need to go on another bit like another business date like we need to go out uh, for a date yes. I have a business thing I'm like yeah we do we haven't found the time yet but um yeah but we have so, a kid now <laughs> Yeah, so our, biz- our business date's more like waiting for him to go to sleep at yeah, 8.30 yeah. At night and trying to have a conversation <laughs> quietly. Um, but, yeah, 
So Everyone's I'm really very like, jealous right now that they don't have a partner that's a business. <laughs> totally. <laughs> but oh, like, I, know. I wish my husband was like that. <laughs> he's, oh. he's really smart. He's so clever. And I just, yeah, I really like, I take my hat off to him and give him so much credit because I really don't know if I would have had um, the tools to, yeah. to, mm, to make yeah. it as far as I have without him. Um, but yeah, like I said before, we are a good team and I think we, we bring a lot of balance. Like sometimes I have to rein him into when he's being a little bit too um, black and white with things. And I'm like, no, like I just have a feeling or like, you know, yeah. I feel really drawn to this or, and then, and similarly, like sometimes I'll take on too many things or a project that doesn't really align with me. And he's like, you know, this about yourself. Like you say, you say yes too much. Like he, yeah, we just, it's that yin and yang. Like nice. you said. Yeah. Yeah. So um, can we talk about your style now? Because I feel like your style is so recognizable and we can all spot an Annie Absolutely. Um, original when it pops up. Um, I do want to talk about like the copying aspect though too because I do see a lot of that happen um mm-hmm. because I've known your style for quite a long time I think we've followed each other for a little while now yeah we have for sure yeah and um your work started very watercolory and yeah that sort of thing yes. and yeah. experimentation and now it's more acrylic based um, yes so uh, and your style is so like identifiable and evident and and I think that is a journey within itself um but I feel like a lot of artists and students that I talk to are they're trying to figure out how to get to that point right and I think a lot of it is like what you've already talked about intuition and and feeling what's right but um how has that journey looked for you from those beginning days of like experimenting to what we see now yeah it's it's actually funny that you say that because I think like um one of the things I often agonize over is my style and what is my style and I feel like (laughs) yeah and I feel like it's this ever-evolving journey and it's like I have Mm. to keep reminding myself that for some artists it is like they do land on something that feels really good but I think given my nature I'm someone who I'm a little bit impulsive and I'm always like I I lose interest in things quickly and I'm constantly trying to um I don't know, get that next dopamine hit from like discovering and unlocking another layer of creativity. So for me, I feel like I haven't quite reached that destination yet. And one of the, yeah, one of the driving things that um, does affect my style is is if I start to see too much of the same thing. And I mm. think like that's one of the downfalls of Instagram, right? Like I think a lot mm. of other artists who are up and coming, and I'm sure I've been guilty of the same thing, is you're just you're so absorbed into that world and it's we're seeing so much yeah it's like a sub- of other thing. yeah it's mm. like yeah we're so in that it's hard not to be influenced by it but I mean so I I guess like I've always just kind of wanted to paint what I find beautiful yeah. um and so whatever I the things that I like like when I went on maternity leave I had set up a little home studio just so I could sort of, well, actually I had grand plans of like painting while my son slept, but it turns out he didn't sleep for two years. So no. that, didn't, that didn't really work. Um, so I don't want to hear that, that right, right now. now. No, not I do not. He's, he's another level. He's, he's doing much better now. Um, it's fine. No, but I did. I had a really beautiful little setup at home and it was really nice because I thought, you know what, I can just paint for me this year. And it does, I, it, I remove that pressure of it needing to be for a store or for selling it. And I kind of just thought, what, like, what do I want to paint? And I went on this really weird track. Like I've always sort of oscillated between different styles and particularly between abstract and still life. Like I've always yeah. kind of dabbled in both. Um, mm-hmm. And that's something I'm like a little bit self-conscious of in a way, but it's, again, it's just whatever I feel called to. And growing up, I was always just drawing people. Like I, I don't think people realize that I didn't really start painting until I got to uni. So like I was always very much portraits and like um, very like realism kind of art. Oh, wow. um, hmm. And so, yeah, I went down a real botanical track at uni with the print stuff, but yeah, so I just kind of wanted to, dip my toe in the water of whatever I'm feeling at the time. But when I was at home, you know, during that year off, I just started painting like little still lifes. And then I went down this weird track on Pinterest because I found all these weird bugs and like 
plants and <laughs> insects and crabs and fish and that's where all of that came from yeah. um yeah. and I got I got so much pleasure out of that because I didn't have to overthink it so much and I was tired and I was in the depths of you know postpartum and I felt like it was something I could just sit down at for half an hour yeah and paint a fish as well as I could and it was yeah it was just something for myself and I've I did one actually for my son's room, a fish. That was the first one I did. And it was really bad, but like everyone loved it. <laughs> and I thought, okay. And then it kind of, I think it got photographed for something. Like someone did a house feature on us or something. And so I had all these people asking for the oh, fish and I was yeah. like, yeah. <laughs> so I was like, I was like, I can paint fish. Like if that's my job, like sign me up. Like if I'm going to, you know, pay for Well, I've got, to, I've got to say though, from the outside looking in, don't be self-conscious because um, it's definitely still identifiable as you. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's still got the same energy, the same brush strokes, the same the palette, the vibe. Like it's still you. So don't. I think whatever you do will, will feel like that. Um, yeah. and Thank we'll, you. It, I guess that then allows you to explore whatever you want to explore. <laughs> and I think, um, yeah, I think a lot of other creative people could probably relate to the fact that you're you are your own worst critic so you're always yeah. Yeah. you're always looking and casting your eye over your work and going this is fine but like what like it's not it's not there yet like what can I do how can I how can I make it better and so that's just part of the journey I think is and and the, I guess the other sorry I could just I'm waffling but no. the other part of that I think too is another downside of Instagram is you do feel compelled to share so much of your process yeah. so you know, when you're going through a bit of a funk, which if I'm honest, I'm going through one of those at the moment, like a bit of a block and you, sometimes you just have to make really bad art, right? To get, like, <laughs> to get. Yeah, we just yeah. posted yesterday and I think that was the title. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah, it was permission to make bad art. Yeah. I must have read that in my inbox, like, sub I didn't subconsciously. Maybe subconsciously, yeah. Yeah, well, there you go. I'm getting your mail at least. Um, <laughs> yeah, because I, I just think you have to muddle your way through that, that yeah. bad stuff at the moment. It's the hard bit of, of that is that, you know, we don't have the luxury or we, we can't always be self-indulgent and nut that out if you've got a paying client on the other end asking yeah. for updates yeah. and things like that. So that that's where it kind of gets tricky. And I think... Um, I just have to like shake it up, change my environment, like go for a walk, like just kind of get, just get through it, get out the other side of whatever weird Mm. headspace you're in and hope that, um, hope that you just pick it up again. Cause I just, I just think like creativity is, it's a lot like, you know, it's a lot like a tide. It's a lot like the moon. It just ebbs and flows and comes and goes. And it's just, um, you just gotta give yourself grace through that period. Hey, just, because it'll come, but you can't force it yeah. to come. It's yeah. just like, yeah, it's just yeah. pushing against something that will just yeah. just part of the process. You when it's ready. Yeah, yeah part yeah. of the process, absolutely. Has and- your, like, creative process changed over the years? Like, is this, like, was it ever a set thing? Or, or is it always um, been this, like, sometimes Pinterest, sometimes you need to just get out? Yeah, yeah. Change what you're Def- doing? Yeah, definitely, like, Pinterest. But I would also say that, um, and I don't, believe I'm in any way unique but I'm just someone who's like constantly consuming like visual language like Mm. I can walk down the street and go oh like that you know that branch against that colored house with that particular colored letterbox looks really nice and it's like it is subconscious but it's like this yeah constant like craving for visual stimuli I think and I take a million photos like my my phone is like the biggest phone you can possibly get because I just have so many photos on it that I will never see the light of day, but they just, I just have this innate urge to like document everything and collect visuals and yeah, draw, draw on that. And yeah, nothing excites me more than like having a coffee in the morning and sitting down and scrolling through Pinterest and getting on like a great algorithm and you're just getting fed all these like beautiful images from all sorts of disciplines and it just gets me really excited and I have to get have to act on that yes do you keep a sketchbook or an art journal or anything like that to keep track of what colors you're loving or like does that lead into ideas for paintings I don't I used to back in the day but again I'm like too impatient I think and 
the way that I work at the moment is I just constantly collect images from all over the place and I am just like a nuts a nutcase for mood boards like I just make Mm. mood boards like every few days of like whatever images have grabbed me from whatever source um and they're not even particularly of art they're of all sorts of things like interiors fashion ceramics you know rugs um all sorts of things I just I I just have this like insane obsession with putting images together and coming up with this like beautiful sort of collage of things that inspire me is this always on pinterest these mood boards or do you do no i do it on instagram like yeah yeah. everywhere and i often have to print them out so like i have like or i even just like in my camera roll i'll save a whole bunch of pictures and then screenshot that and crop it Mm -hmm. and then print it off like I just have mood boards everywhere. <laughs> it's like if I if I could get paid to make mood boards, I would, yeah, this is your like going. I would be so good at that job. <laughs> I love it. Like I honestly can't get enough of it. it. And I think that's what I loved at uni too. Was all that yeah. sort of yeah, um, the the like the concept stage of yeah. something, and then it would come to actually having to make that that come to life and I would be like oh but like no, I just want to do another yeah. Board. yeah yeah I can get all these ideas and like yeah it just, that kind of feeds me um and I don't know I don't know if that that's a very technical way to approach art making I'm not formally trained obviously so again I'm pretty just led by what feels good and what brings me joy in the process mm. so good can you oh, can you share a time with us that you've really followed your intuition over a business way? Like maybe Chris has been like, do it like this, and you're like, no, <laughs> my gut's telling me this, or I don't know, something like something that um, felt different. Oh, I'm trying to think. I think if anything, just more um, those times when like a sense of fear has really overcome me. Like I'm quite a, um, I can be quite, hard on myself and I've always been like that and again that same lecturer at uni often said that to me he said you you just need to get out of your own way kind of thing Mm. um and I remember um the first time I exhibited with Fenton and Fenton who this incredible homewares retailer in Melbourne and someone I still still work with um I've got an exhibition with them coming up later in the year which I'm so excited (gasps) for um with another two beautiful artists but yeah they they sort of found me on Instagram and approached me to do an artwork for a charity exhibition. And the lineup of the other artists was just like blew my mind. Like it was all these people I'd been following and had so much respect for. And I just, I just like totally tanked. Like I just thought, Oh my God, like I can't, I can't do this. And yeah, yeah, it was that, um, that, that, you know, that whole saying of like having the fear and doing it anyway, Mm. um, because that really was a pivotal point in my career, I think. And, um and yeah off the back of that you know they asked to represent me and I started this really really lovely working um relationship with them which is still ongoing and they've just been absolutely a pleasure to work with like they they I think they really respect their artists they um they back their artists they put beautiful shows together Mm. they put so much time and energy into photo shoots and Mm. you know sharing the work and yeah yeah, like they really raise the platform for artists, haven't they? Yeah, they it's have. Really beautiful. To yeah, see. and that must give you like that extra confidence, though, to be like, oh, they, you know, they believe in me and yeah. what I'm doing. So now it's almost like, you know, you're able to trust yourself even more because it's like, oh, well, I just did that naturally. That's what came to me, and that's what I thought looked good, and they love that too. So surely you know I yeah yeah and it's kind of like you I was like working backwards a little bit because at that point I wasn't even really painting on um large canvases so that was sort of more at the time when I was doing like the digital prints and working a lot more with like inks and watercolor um and I thought oh well I can't do that on a large canvas for an exhibition like I have to jump into acrylics and so even just like getting the call up for that really pushed me in the direction of um of going down that whole another style and another yeah um you know and I just I wasn't calling myself an artist at that point either I was just I don't know what I was saying I was I think it's hard when you're not a canvas painter to Mm. call yourself an artist I've found that with watercolor artists and illustrators to be like because it's like oh you know that typical you're not an artist unless you're on canvas and in a gallery (laughs) exactly I know it's so true 
Yeah. It's exactly right. And it's it's so funny we put those labels on things because like an artist is someone who creates images, right? Like yeah, that's regardless right. of where it's um, being, you know, viewed or anyway. But, yeah. Did so you I, feel like once you went to canvases, like you didn't want to go back? Like how did that transition feel and look for you? Did that come to you quite naturally to then move to canvases? Um, it did. It was a, a pretty steep learning curve. Like, again, I felt that imposter syndrome of being like, you know, I've skipped over going to four years of art school. And I think there's like, I have such a deep reverence and respect for people that are formally trained, because I think that they have just unlocked a whole nother level um, of skill that, you know, if I went and, and put that time and effort and money into doing that, I could probably you know, blow my own mind with what I could uncover, but that's not my journey. Mm. Um, and I have a whole nother skill set that I wouldn't have if I hadn't have done design exactly. at, at uni, um, which I think has really benefited um, having a creative business, like just things like, you know, creating mood boards and, you know, putting um, graphic design things together and coming up with concepts and that sort of thing. But um yeah, I think that was a pivotal point, but I also love that I can come back to those mediums. So especially yeah. now when I'm dabbling in the textile stuff, I have a set of watercolours and inks in my studio that I love to pick up. And that's just like yet another sort of avenue that I can experiment with. And I think the the thing I feel most fortunate about in this sort of creative business that I've created is that now that I have a platform and I have a name and I have an audience I'm sort of free to yeah. to go off and do mm. those different projects that I that I really want to explore and it gives me that freedom um and that versatility to to explore that whenever mm. I want and I can always come back to um, you know painting yeah. on canvas if if that's what's going to create the income I need and stuff like that yeah Yeah. so you're obviously doing commissions as well as I'm not doing commissions at the moment I just felt like that was like another um another layer that I couldn't manage when I especially when I started selling a lot of prints um interestingly like I actually I've like stopped selling prints for a while I put that all on pause when I went on maternity leave because I just couldn't I just couldn't fathom like managing the day-to-day tasks of like, you know, sending out the prints and signing them and packaging them. And that was like a whole nother role in itself. And before I had a baby, that was totally manageable, but I just felt like I just needed to, again, it's like coming back to that idea of like stripping back all the technical layers and just getting back to the root of it. And then you can build those layers back up again. So I'm sort of exploring that um, again in terms of like doing some printing, although this time I'm going to look at outsourcing all of that side of things rather than trying to take it on myself so it's just that like yeah building up bringing it down to sort of suit what's going on yeah and finding new ways of doing things exactly yeah and how does that work with mum and business now like um does your does august go to daycare like how do you manage being i know like (laughs) you speak to me like most creative business owners like juggling the creativity the business side and then the mumming side, like it's like just so many balls in the air. Do you dedicate certain like days, hours to painting? Like how does that look for you? Yeah. So Augie is in daycare. Um, He was in, he he started at the beginning of last year and he was in three days, which was, I I really enjoyed that um, balance because I'd been off work for over a year. Um, He went into care and, it was an adjustment for for both of us, but I just I really like cherished that time in the studio. I felt like I got mm. a little bit of myself back. Um, although it's yeah, it's just that funny um, dance that you do of never feeling like you're quite nailing it at work and you're not nailing it at home. Um, and yeah, trying to like keep that balance is is definitely a juggle. So this year he's gone up a day. So he's in care four days a week at the moment. Um, and he's so busy and just loves it. Aww. So I feel, I feel good about that. It yeah. took me a while to, to feel good about that. I, I felt a lot of guilt, um, which yeah. I'm sure lots of mums can relate to, but, um, having, yeah, having that four days of work, which it feels like a lot when you've gone from, you know, trying to cram everything into three days, it feels um. like a lot. So, yeah, I mean, I still don't feel like 
I'm performing at my peak level. Um, I'm still tired. Like a new, and, a new normal. It's like, yeah, I know. Like, who, who even was I before a child? You know? I know. And, and actually, like, like a, a friend said to me, she's, she's, I was like, oh, I just really hope I get it back soon. She's like, hmm. Mm. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, on, give me the answer. I know. So, yeah, look, I don't know what, I don't know what, like, my business acumen looks like for the next sort of, few years or however long we're we're in the trenches with um young children but it's yeah it's it's a little piece of myself that is sacred and important and so I just keep chipping away at it and trying to ride the ups and downs of that um but also I guess I've I've sort of dropped that urge of um having to hustle for now Mm. um again coming from a really um privileged position where our you know, we need me to work, but we don't rely on my income mm-hmm. at the moment. So um, taking, you know, trying to give myself grace and I don't look at zero anymore because I used to be all over that and like really hustle. And I've just had to take a step back from that and go, you know what, like if my income is paying for childcare um, and keeping my work in front of people's eyes and keeping me in the zone of feeling like myself and, you know, moving forwards, then Mm. that's enough for now. And I don't have to take on the world because I think like as creatives, we often compare what everyone else is up to. And especially I'm feeling that at the moment, like it feels like I was off and out of the game for a couple of years and I've come back and there's a million new artists and yeah, I'm seeing like other crabs and fish pop up and thinking, (laughs) okay, what do I, how can I pivot now and like keep things interesting and Mm. fresh when I'm not, I'm really not feeling at my, my best. I'm not feeling at my creative um, best at the moment. And so just, yeah, just being enough. I think that's the, that's yeah, the, absolutely. The game. I think that's the problem with Instagram is that pressure to be on all the time mm. when we actually are not meant to be meant on to all be. the time. Like that yeah. is not how we're meant to work. Like we do have ebbs and flows and yeah. we need to. And especially as women too. Like I think like yeah, even yeah. just hormonally as totally. women, we are like we're at the mercy of, you know, our hormones every month yeah. and we it's not linear. Um, we have a lot stacked up against us just even in – a biological sense right yes yeah but yeah. it's also the perception of like you know you may step back from instagram for a little while or step back from work and then you just think that people aren't seeing yes you, you know what i mean yeah. it's not true yeah. like yeah. people are still seeing your work pop up on with collaborations on pinterest on whatever and you're still present you're still there no one is like where's she gone you know like but yeah the ones who were like oh my god I haven't showed up in a week and people are gonna forget me like yeah it's so true and I and I've really like I've come I've come to a like place of peace with that with my Instagram because obviously I used to really love Instagram and I think it's such an amazing tool especially for artists like it's unlocked so many doors for us and um I mean like this really nice niche little industry of sort of homewares artists and you know, we're in this like niche little market and it's really amazing and everyone's so supportive of each other and it's a really lovely community, but you can get trapped in that comparison cycle and feeling like everyone else is so much busier than you or, you know, doing all these cool new things when you're just trying to sort of, you know, bob along and like make sure you've managed to clean the kitchen up after dinner and like keep, you know <laughs> I think it's so reassuring for everyone though to everyone be like oh my to god you, say like this. Too, you know yes. oh big time yeah so yeah. much so and yeah it's hard and you just have to like when you're feeling on top of your game you have to go hell for leather and I I'm definitely someone like that like I'm so hyper focused like when I'm mm. when I'm on I'm so on mm-hmm. but when I'm not on I'm like I fall a bit flat and I think like I have to just sort of be a bit kind to myself in those times yeah I reckon you must be a generator you need to check your you human think? design but it's I will like I'll it. email you I'll yeah let, let us know, know. <laughs> what advice Annie would you give to anyone listening if they're like emerging or established like just they're a creative entrepreneur they're making in the world what advice would you want to leave them with um I get I offer, I get so many DMs about this on mm. Instagram, like a lot of people. And I think it's hard because a lot of people are sort of looking for a formula. 
um, they sort of want a checklist of, you know, if I do X, Y, and Z, I will have this result. But I, I feel like, again, it comes back to that, just following your own nose and um, mm. just experimenting, learning what, like, you know, what your style is um, and just honoring sort of your own process and your own journey. And again, like I, one of my biggest struggles is just overcoming that perfectionism. So, you know, if something's not perfect, I feel like it's not worth anything. But I think just like being brave enough to put put yourself out there and and show sort of your process and, you know, or be, be really transparent about what you think is good and what's not. Um, I think people respond to that and, mm. and they'll sort of just follow you along for the journey because people are interested, like people are nosy, people like seeing, you know, what people are up to um, and how things sort of work in the background. Yeah. So that's sort of where I've I've come from and then now I just sort of I don't share unless I feel really compelled to I don't share unless you know it feels authentic to me um and that works for some people and others it doesn't so sometimes um yeah people might be working really hard to sort of play the numbers games which Mm. I'm just that's not my strength so I don't put my energy into that Mm. um so yeah I guess it's just carving out your own sort of strengths and Mm. working with you know what lights you up and really aligning yourself with other brands and businesses who you respect and look up to definitely helps so obviously in the beginning I got my work in a store Willows here in Newcastle um, which led to like people like Fenton and Fenton discovering my work and things like that so keeping all those doors open meeting people um yeah, I think all of that helps. But yeah, just kind of winging it. I don't know if that's good business advice, but <laughs> yeah, it kind of is for a creative. Yeah. yeah. And I think too, like, oh, just lastly too, like I've often looked at people and what they're doing and gone, oh, I wish I, like, I wish I could do that. They've done this amazing thing. But like, just do it. Like mm. if you if you have the means and you have the idea, maybe just give it a crack. And if mm-hmm. it falls flat, then you pick yourself up and, change course you know it's not the end of the world yes um it's just part of it yes yeah that's right I think staying um I think the biggest thing out of that too what you just said is is that sustainability like if you Mm. if you're not being yourself or you're trying to just work with the algorithm or the followers or whatever um it's not sustainable but what you're doing is yeah, I'm listening to intuition is pretty sustainable. Like, so <laughs> yeah. you know, if you keep following that, um, you know, then you have the longevity as well. Yeah, and I think a lot of creative people are inherently intuitive, and that's kind yeah. of our superpower. Totally. And yep. Yep. just yeah, using that to to keep moving forward is really all you can do. We don't know what the future has in store, but like, I just yeah, I love to pivot. I like if something's not working and I'm not feeling it, I'll just drop it and move on to something else. And I think that is, um, I mean, it served me yeah, well so far. Yeah, yeah. Yes. good to have. Um, yeah. and like your husband's rubbing off on you. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> that business <Seriously>. mentor. <laughs> um, and what's coming up for you, Annie? So you talked about the exhibition. Um, yes. Um, yeah, so I've got that coming up in July in Melbourne um, and that's alongside another two artists. We're actually all from Newcastle, so it's like wow. a little Newcastle showcase in Fenton Fenton in Melbourne, cool. which is so nice. Um, so Georgia Bell, who's a beautiful artist, I have lots of her work here at home, um, and Brittany Ferns, who's also mm. another one of my favourite yeah. artists yeah. at the moment. Mm. She, I actually ran into her at the art shop yesterday and oh. – um, we were like we got chatting for like half an hour and I was I was like spilling all this stuff about my my creative block so anyway yeah we have a really nice little community here in UE so I've got that coming up um I've done a couple of other little collaborations sort of at the back of end of last year which haven't been released yet that um should be coming out this year which is really exciting um and then yeah I'm sort of in the background working on some textile stuff of my own so um some products under my own brand which is really exciting and something I've literally been well I've kind of dabbled in it but I've never truly put my energy into it but um I'm just back at that zone of like wanting to have products and things that I can sell that don't 
that don't necessarily require me to be in the studio just you know have, having come to terms with um, how I'm juggling everything at home and with my business I think I'm ready to sort of have some more products and prints and whatever else going mm. in the background while I paint just so that I have that extra income mm. yeah awesome that's so exciting so yeah. much so much to look forward to mm. yeah it's an exciting year yeah, we could talk to you all day, Annie. Um, thank you so much for joining us. It's been such an incredible hour with you. Mm, thank you. It was so nice to chat with you guys too. I feel like we could talk all day about this stuff. But oh, yeah, absolutely. thanks for <laughs> thanks for making a space for um everyone to share their journeys. I think it's really nice. I particularly I find in like Australia, like everyone's very forthcoming with their journeys and their experiences, and um, listening to other people's sort of story is is really inspiring so yeah mm. thanks for making a platform for us to share oh, no worries you're so welcome <laughs> well all the best for the year ahead we'll all be following your journey and um thank you to see what comes okay bye guys thank you bye bye thank you for joining us on a creative life if you'd like to hang out with us and our podcast community, come and join our free Facebook group where you can find your tribe and connect with like-minded creatives. Just head to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash a creative life podcast collective. You can also follow our creative lives on Instagram at Castella Design at Samantha Lawrence underscore. And of course, the podcast Instagram at a creative life podcast. If you like today's episode and you want to hear more from us, we would love it if you subscribe and leave us a review. See you next time.